I've got about ten seconds to tell you how to get two-for-one tickets for top draw comedy nights near you thanks to our friends at the TV channel Dave at absoluteradio.co.uk. Also, I've got to tell you about how you can win prizes while you're there too. I've run out of time, though. Frank Skinner. Good morning, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I met this snooker player last night and he's had an operation on his arms to make them about, oh, they must be about five feet long. And the rest, as they say, is history. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. I'm with Emily Dean and I'm with Alan Cochran. <laughs> oh, hang on a minute. What's, what's this development? The cockerel? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cockerel. I've got a sound effect. It, exactly, it's perfect. Oh. That's, that, that's, that's radio. You've arrived. And also because we're in the morning, oh, the yeah, cock, yeah. you herald a new day. <laughs> I see myself as the farmer and I feel you're on my fence. <laughs> OK. Oh, I don't know what my role is in this strange tragedy on the, in the barnyard. Well, I, think, I, I imagine you could handle a churn if pushed. Well, you're not wrong. Yeah. Frank, you know you made a joke quite early on, which I think was a rather fine joke. What, in the show or in my career? <laughs> in the show? Yes, I did. Uh, Julie from Liverpool says the rest is history, like it. Yeah, so what, 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 we were talking earlier, and, uh, and, and uh, Alan... The cockerel. Also, yeah. Cockerel. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to do it every time I say your name, don't worry. I'm just... I'm just because it's minutes a, off the show. It, you know, it? it's, a, it's a novelty now, I can't leave it alone. You know what it's like. No. And, um, yeah, so... Uh, I, and Alan said, was talking about something, he said, yeah, and the, and the rest is history. And I it just thought, I just thought, oh, there's got to be a snooker joke in that. Mm. So, snooker player gets his arms extended and the rest is history. I, I was really... It felt like a proper joke. It had the stru- it had the template of yeah. a conventional gag. Set up punchline, ha-ha. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, I was very happy with it. And, and you, you people who heard that, you're the first to hear it. Probably the last. Like, well, you say that, but you're probably in the pub tonight saying, oh, I met this snooker player. <laughs> it's all right. Have it. <laughs> Have it. Go on, enjoy yourselves with that one. <laughs> I'm fine with that. The gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, <laughs> well, it might not, but I'd, also I can't hear whether people laugh or not. Everyone in here, Emma, the producer, just looked at me like I'd said something in Sanskrit. <laughs> it was, it was withering, actually, her look. It was a bit mm. withering. Withering and confused, mm. I think. You know when sometimes you're shouting at a dog and it doesn't know what you want? It wants to do it, but it doesn't know what you want. It was that kind of look. Not that I'm saying you look... Um, canine in any way. <laughs> I know your eyes are that sadness that one sometimes sees on maybe a spaniel. <laughs> um, yeah, anyway, so I was, I spent the whole evening watching um, Andy Murray. Oh, I watched some of that. It, well, the whole nation, they, they, they stopped the BBC, BBC One cl- virtually closed down mm. for Andy Murray. And there's a bit, every now and again, um, Sue Barker would come in and explain that if you'd just tuned in, Right. For a certain programme, it wasn't happening. Is that 1983? Sue Barker. Yeah. I'm yeah. glad she still gets the work, Frank. I love Sue Barker. Yeah. There's a bit where she said, uh, if you've tuned in expecting to see EastEnders, 
Maybe you should reevaluate your life. <laughs> <laughs> it's Friday night. You've tuned in especially. Oh, I mean, okay, if it's on, you can hear people saying, Sue, leave it. No, 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 I know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, if it's on, fair enough, watch it. But to tune in specifically and then to be crestfallen because we're watching a major sporting event. I mean, come on, you people. Sue, leave it. Will you get off my shoulder? <laughs> it went on like that for ages. <laughs> but I, it was. So did you enjoy it, Frank? I did enjoy it. Mm. It was. Did you? Yeah, I liked. I didn't like that man though. I know. I know. We, we, that we, could mean a lot of people. Yeah, the, the man it? with the veins in his head. Is it Lubitschik or something? I don't know. I don't know what his oh, name yeah, is. He was, was the ugliest man I've ever seen on telly. What? Oh, he was all right up to the headband, I thought. And then beyond that, what he was, Alan. I know you you were gigging last night. Is that he was the man? I think he was called Clippity Clop. <laughs> is that right? There was a lube. It was an East European. Yeah. And um, he had a headband on, but he was bald. Now, I always associate the headband with, you know, the the, um, the, the Bjorn Borg type, hold your yeah, hair yeah. out the way. Mm. But he obviously was using it to collect sweat. But what did I... Yeah, I think it was a bit too tight. I think it was. So the skin of his bald head was slightly... Wrink- it was sort of squashed oh. up. You know when you see um, a badly fitted circle of gingham on a homemade jam jar? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the elastic is, 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 is causing it to rise up. It was like that. Do I know that? Yes. Oh, well, I imagine you do. <laughs> yeah, it was... Um, so I wasn't happy with that. But I tell you what, I watched that game, and I'm no expert, but I watched that game, I was on my own... And uh, it, it gave me a little, a bit of scope to concentrate and to, and to mm. do a bit of analysis. Mm-hmm. And I am not certain, but I would say I am ninety nine percent sure now that Andy Murray's mom and his girlfriend do not get on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love this. No, I was watching them in the box. I felt- don't you love a shot of the box? I love that. I felt there was an iron curtain between. Um, Old Ma Murray, as I believe she's called on the circuit, <laughs> and uh, the beautiful model Kim um, Sears. What's she called? Kim Sears. Great hair. Quite what Middleton. was she called? Yeah. Kim Sears. Yeah, quite Middleton, I think. Don't you? Oh, I, I, I know what you mean, but mm. she's sandy haired. Okay. But there was a bit. You know that Murray is he's one contribution really to um, uh, popular culture. He's to do a little punch with his right hand and go, "Come on!" Mm-hmm. That's all he ever. That's it. I mean, if I was going to do that, you know, G myself up a lot, I'd come up with some alternatives. So you could spin them around a bit, you know. Occasionally go, oh, yes, or ha-ha, <laughs> you know. Ha-ha. And then people, yeah, then people are thinking, oh, which one's it going to be this? I see the fist going, but which one, you know, on the, on the wheel of remarks spinning in his head, where, where will it stop? <laughs> It'd be like a fabulous um, exclamation roulette. <laughs> but it's always come up. And there was a bit when they, they shot the, the mom, and the mom obviously feeling, you know, who wants to sit next to a model in Especially the box anyway? Especially not in that pink blazer. Especially not one who's taken her son away from her. After all, she's given her entire life. She carried him for nine months. <laughs> and ever since, has always been a, putting him as a priority in her life. And now some strumpet turns up and takes him away from her, t- turning him against her behind her back. And um, th- and the model does a little punch and goes, come on, like that, oh. Maury style. And the mother looked absolute, that is <laughs> our thing! <laughs> That's our family thing! You come here and you do the little punch and say, come on, who the hell do you... Oh, it was a tense. <laughs> it was such a tense moment. I loved it. This is Frank Skinner. 
Frank, during that musical interlude, I came up with a bit of a theory, didn't I? Regarding Andy Murray and Andy Murray's mother and Kim Sears and why they may not get on. Because I'd forgotten, but Andy Murray, they had a bit, they were, had a bit of a break, didn't they? Him and the girlfriend. I about didn't a year know ago. that, see, I didn't Well, obviously know that. he did that thing that you do when you split up with someone and go around saying how terrible they are, and everyone goes, I know, and she did this, and, and now she's got to sit with her and be civil. Oh, I see. So you think the mother was saying, you're, well, you're well shot of her. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like the idea they had a break. In tennis terms, it seems appropriate, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, I think he had a banana <laughs> during their, uh, they were on a break. Zero six zero. Are you sure she's a model? All I know about her is that she's the daughter of Nigel Sears, who's in charge of women's tennis in this country. <laughs> oh, oh, oh God, dear. it's all keeping in there. Oh, and for no. more texts that should have gone to Five Live, tune in <laughs> <laughs> the next link. <laughs> well, I um, no, it's an uh, interesting fact. It's don't it's repel it's them early, for God's sake. Don't repel. Don't okay. repel texters. <laughs> well, I, I think that's such a wasted opportunity. The family and friends section. I love that. If I, I really, it, if only I'd thought it, I, it would have been worth spending my entire childhood and youth <laughs> practicing tennis to get <laughs> to a level where I'd be able to play out Wimbledon, where they'd stop all the programmes on on a night, and I could fill my family and friends with a different set of homeless people every day that I'd picked up on the way to the court. <laughs> hey, lads, you want to come watch some work? Oh, God! And just have them in there drinking cans of special <laughs> brew and stuff. I'd just love, a horrifying. I'd love to see our Keith in there. That uh, Keith is not homeless. Can I point I that out? I didn't say he was. He might go in for homeless chic. <laughs> <laughs> but he's, uh, he's got a very nice place. <clears throat> um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had, um, uh, I had a very uh, fun night this week. I went to see uh, an American comedian oh, yeah. called Bo Burnham. Oh, he's good, isn't he? Have yeah. you seen him? Well, he was in Edinburgh. He was quite the big deal last oh. Edinburgh. Yes, indeed. Do you know him, Alan? I, uh, I know of him. He's an internet sensation, isn't he? And, uh, oh, that, that's it. There, oh, he's put him down a bit. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Put him in, down. Intercomedial rivalry there. <laughs> in my day, you had to go out and do live gigs. <laughs> All this internet sensation nonsense. What's the world coming to? But yes. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite right. <laughs> no, no, but he, no, he is very good, apparently. I've not seen any of it. But. Well, yeah. I mean, in, in my day, you, you had to... Uh, you had to entertain the troops. That was the, that was the main. And word. in my day as well. But let's not go into that. <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> Apparently, Marlene Dietrich, when she went out to entertain the troops, the German actress and singer, she did that. She thought these these boys are out here fighting, and um, they deserve any comforts they can get. And she um, she contributed to the war effort. <laughs> Great Marlena Dietrich gossip there. Yeah, exactly. Enjoying that. And, uh, very, very tactfully described as well. <laughs> yeah, we're keeping it topical this morning. It's um, Marlena Dietrich in World War II um, shenanigans. Yeah, so um, I, I went to see uh, Bo Burnham this uh, this amount. I mean, I should point out he was in in Edinburgh. I think he just turned, yeah, he, yeah he celebrated his twentieth birthday when he was at the Edinburgh Festival. So he's a bit of a he's a bit like a comedy Mozart. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing uh, the cockerel as a sort of Salieri figure. <laughs> <laughs> Too many notes, Burnham. <laughs> Too many jokes. So, um, so anyway, when I saw him in Edinburgh, I thought he was so brilliant. Oh, I, I'm, Alan, no, he's looking at me daggers. I'm not, I'm not, can I just say, Frank, there's, there's a bit of an atmosphere. There is. A, I'm not, Ross, I'm I have not, an atmosphere I'm in the room. Oh, oh, no. If you don't mind me saying. Oh, no, I hate that. Personally, I hate a party with a lot of atmosphere. <laughs> I don't know about you. I remember I went to one with um, Andy Morris' mum and his girlfriend. <laughs> you can cut the atmosphere with a knife. 
I think Monica Seles did. <laughs> but she was demonstrating some... I don't know what it was about. Anyway, look, so I, I saw him in Edinburgh. I, I was so exhilarated by this hour of comedy, by this kid, this teenager, that when I got out into the street, I ran as fast as I could for about, I suppose, about 50 yards before I broke down. <laughs> Short sprint. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm 50-odd. So anyway... um, I told, I met him after the, this show on Saturday and I said, uh, you know, nice to meet you. I said, when I saw you in Edinburgh, and I told him this story and, and he looked bemused. And I, you know, I said, look, you can get, okay, you can get your laughter, you can get your applause, you can get your standing ovations, but how, how much sprinting have you had yeah. as, as, as way of uh, appreciation? And he moved on to talk to some young girls. <laughs> <laughs> that was the end of that. But um, I really there was a t- there was a moment when I said to him, I said, I think I think you're brilliant. I said, if I died today, I am confident that the future of stand-up comedy is in good hands. That's nice. And about four people who were listening to us talk applauded spontaneously. <laughs> that is nice. Did they? Yeah. And I said to this, uh, did they this, slow hand clap? No. no, it was a proper applause. Okay. And I said, I said to Bo Burnham, I said, now when you can get applause in the midst of casual conversation. <laughs> <laughs> then you know you've arrived. He moved on again. I mean, was, oh, I, I no. was moving him around that room like like those blokes that spin the waltzers round at the fair. Frank on radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Frank, uh, text in from Robert. Employer has banned tea breaks. The rest is history. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. like yeah. it. There's another text come in about uh, Lubachik, the uh, tennis player. Uh, oh, I thought, God, I thought Lubachik was some sort of... Action. Rude command. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think I'll make that decision We're in, in conference with, um, with my partner. Thank Lubachik. you very much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So pleased you mentioned about Lubachik. Oh, now, you, now you've said it again. <laughs> oh, how, how tight it was. I thought his head resembled half of an Easter egg. The chocolate is always dimpled, never perfectly smooth. It spoilt the whole game for me. <laughs> now, I thought they were going to say it spoilt Easter eggs for me forevermore, but apparently it spoilt... My brother, when we were um, children, my brother fractured his skull by uh, cycling into a stationary van. Um, horrible. But well, I uh, thought he was going to say he was mistaken for an Easter egg and no, schoolboys well, cracked the, it. The lump on his head swelled up and it was literally like half of an Easter egg. And uh, and I remember this oh. because I have a very vivid memory of us all being gathered around pressing it. Oh! And, uh, <laughs> and, like, house guests were invited. Do you want to press his head? <laughs> have we got that look? It's a fractured skull. And did it, did it have a bit of give in it? Yeah, oh yeah. It, was, it, it had a rubbery feel to it. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, it, it wasn't the whole head, it was one... Right, ra- It was a raised section. It was a raised half-Easter egg-sized yeah. section. Like he was mer- wearing a small bowler. <laughs> Indeed, <yes. laughs> You see, I'd have, got, I'd have got him a brim to or sit a, around that. Well, what's the skull cap? He could have just popped a skull oh, cap over uh, it. Is it a, 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 a capel? Yeah. Or a I think Yamulka, I think is... Yamulka. Yeah, Yamulka, sorry, mm. my, 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 my... The word was right, my stress was a bit off. <laughs> Can't get everything right, can you? Um, yeah, I am. Um, what else? Well, we've had another text in. Oh, okay. Dear Frank, Emily, and the cockerel, maybe Andy Murray should adopt the Peter Crouch robot as a celebration due to their similar builds. Nice. And Crouch probably won't need it anytime soon. Oh, little little football dig there. To be honest, I think he needs to get away from the uh, the robot element Andy Murray and, and move towards a sort of a warm humanity a humanoid version yeah that's yeah, yeah. what he, he needs to do someone that looks a bit more so people go ah oh. 
rather than Ooh. I always feel sorry for him when people say he's miserable. He's not. He's Scottish and he plays a summer sport. He's just out of his comfort zone. That's all it <laughs> is. He's not miserable. <laughs> cannot say that the cockerel is Scottish, so he yeah. can say that. He's not been yeah. rained on for about 15 years. It's not right. No. <laughs> I don't know. I imagine living with his mother. <laughs> it's a bit like being in a, in a raging storm. I don't know if he still lives with his mother. So <laughs> oh, I, think, I bet she turns up a lot, though, even if he's got his own place. <laughs> Maybe. She looks the type, doesn't she? Oh, maybe. She's, she's got that boy on her tied to her apron I noticed, strings. yeah, you know, you were talking about applause uh, during your Bo Burnham anecdote. Mm. Talking of applause, I noticed uh, during the Andy Murray game there was some applause I didn't like, which was that kind of like fast, just before a match point when everyone starts going... Yes. Getting all excited. Oh, it made me. It made me wretch. Well, I they, don't like it. They like to have fun at Wimbledon. Do they? It, it's, I don't like, it's like that. It's a middle class crowd, mm. and uh, and so they, they they shout "Come on!" quite a lot actually. They do. I, if you took the phrase "Come on!" out of Wimbledon coverage, you might as well watch the whole thing mute. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> come on, Andy! Come on, Andy! Come on! Come on, Andy! Come on! I've told you, you don't say that. <laughs> Um, I, I applauded spontaneously the other day outside of a, uh, a, a performance scenario. I was walking down Whitehall in London and, um, and I watched this man in a large lorry. When it's a separate cab from the rest, is that an articulated? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, like that an 18-wheeler. Yeah. Mm. I didn't count. But anyway, there was a narrow alley. I mean, really narrow. And... I thought, he's not. He's just, he's going in there to, to turn around. He's not going to reverse into that, is he? And he did. He, he smoothly reversed this massive vehicle into the... And I applauded. Yeah. And he looked, and he, him and his mate, who I must say had done nothing, I, I suppose he's going to suggest it giving him some guidance, but they looked at me, and I applauded, and they kind of, they gracefully acknowledged my applause. <laughs> Excellent. It was, it was a beautiful thing. I, I thought, God, if that... Had, and I tell you something, it was... It was such a perfect moment because in, in a lot of situations, the lorry would have spoilt the, the poetry of it by going, oh, 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 and it wasn't doing that. I don't know how, they, how they'd muted it. It was it gliding in silently. Oh, made me feel properly happy. And then I had a strange incident with the cab driver, but first of all, music. <laughs> So, um, I was crossing uh, the road with um, my girlfriend, Kath, um, because you get to my age, you don't want to be crossing the road on your own. And if you hesitate for a second, there's a boy scout in your arm and they want a shilling. Mm. <laughs> anyway, um, a cab driver, um, he had, I don't know if he wound the window down or if it was wet, and he, he said to me, he, he, he shouted out of the uh, window, uh, You're very funny. Was it Marky e. Smith? Yeah. <laughs> no, but this was where it left me, dilemma-wise. I couldn't tell whether he'd said, you are very funny, or you aren't very funny. Oh, no. I couldn't... The oh. are, aren't bit was lost in a bit of traffic noise. And um, that plagued me for, what, a day and a half? Mm. And Kath was saying to me, no, I heard it quite clearly, definitely said ah, oh, and I thought, how <laughs> lovely that you're doing that for that me. But nice. we, you know as well as I do, it's, it's a toss of a coin. <laughs> <laughs> but even even now, and he was, uh, 
you know, he looked quite a cool dude, a man of firm opinion who wouldn't be afraid to say what he what he mm. felt, be it negative or positive. It's almost like a philosophical test for you to decide whether or not you're optimist or pessimist. It is, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is the, uh, is the cab window half shut or half open? <laughs> uh, that's it. So anyway, if that cab driver's listening, what did you say? <laughs> what did you say? It's keeping me awake at night, I'll be honest with you. you I mean, what if it was odd? Sorry? People are going to text him pretending to be him now. I know. <laughs> Someone else texted in on 429, the guy that was playing Andy Murray, his head coming through his headband reminded me of my baby being born. <laughs> How lovely. <laughs> well, if you'd have... Uh, if you'd luba chick, then that would have been a lot easier. <laughs> a... Oh, my goodness. <laughs> what, what is this this child is a top-rated tennis player. That's what he meant. Oh, well, fair enough. No. Frank, can we talk about me? <laughs> Ah, oh, settle down in your chair, Alan. <laughs> yes, could be t- take some time. So I've moved into my new place, my oh, new pad, oh, lovely. which is well, it is rather lovely, I have to say. But I've found. Can I stop you there? Is mm. it? Should we say congratulations? I don't know what the situation is. You, if you should have at it. some point. You haven't. That's okay. No big. Congratulations for moving into a flat. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Congratulations. No, for buying it all myself. Congratulations. Okay. Well, congratulations. I mean, it's a grander congratulations <laughs> for being a, a, the sort of bright, persevering, determined uh, woman who is, is able to, to get that much personal income and to buy your own flat. Congratulations on oh, that. Oh, I really like that. And contact, quite a lot of contacts. As well. <laughs> <laughs> In case there's anyone at home feeling bad about themselves. <laughs> so... Now, we've come to the point where I'm, I'm decorating and I'm arranging my bits and bobs. You know what that's like, Frank. Yes. And what did strike me, as more my furniture arrived, it's all had to go. Because it's all quite shabby chic. And as I looked at it in my new situ, which is quite mad men, quite sleek lines, quite modern, it just oh. looked a bit mental Victorian dowager. Oh, God, you've outgrown your old had, look. My, do you know what, Frank? My aesthetic's changed. Oh, no. That's what I hate it when that, that happens. That can be expensive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, My aesthetics no. changed. I want Don Draper clean, hard lines now. <laughs> yes. That's what I want. Like amoral 1960s businessman. That's the vibe of okay. my pad, yeah. Oh, Don Draper, I thought, was yeah. um, 1950s English clergyman. I <laughs> last <laughs> <laughs> Don Draper. But, um, Frank, there's a lot of white. It's a bit of a white fest. So it does mean... I'm going to have to have a shoes-off rule. Now, I don't like shoes-off people. I don't consider myself a shoes-off people. No. And they're very unspontaneous, horrible people on the whole. Well, c- careful with that. OK, sorry. What are your... I mean, there are entire nations where taking your shoes off is... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and... We don't uh, want the Hindus texting in and the Buddhists and everybody. Well, we do want them texting in. Can I yeah. make that perfectly clear? I mean, clear? angrily. I mean, no, angrily. not angrily, ever. No. Um... So what are your views I on shoes I thought you were off? skating around the religions who might text in angrily, but we'll leave it there. <laughs> what are both of your views on shoes off? Well, well, I, um, our house is a bit of a... How can I describe the, sh- the, the way I... I'd say our house is kind of... Um, it's very Arthur and Marilyn. <laughs> mm. Do you know what I mean? Uh, I like Arthur, Arthur Miller married uh, Marilyn Monroe, and it was a meeting of two different worlds. And in, in our house, on the coffee table, on, uh, I noticed the weekend there was the News of the World magazine, a, a brazier, <laughs> and the collected poems of William Carlos Williams. <laughs> um, and so, rules of tidiness are, are quite a big thing with me because. Yeah. Um, 
there's always clothes about. I, I made a rule that in our lounge, and this this was a, only a few months ago, and I did this thing, which is a little bit of a tip for couples. If you do a rule, make it that, that you're the victim and you're doing it to punish yourself. So mm. I said, oh, God, look at my coats over there. And I'm like, there's my shoes. It's about time I stop doing that. I'm making this place a mess. Let's have a rule that we don't have any <laughs> clothes, bags or shoes in the lounge. I thought that's got round. It was at a, there was one point where there was a, uh, there was a, a chair and it had on it my shirt, my jacket, and my overcoat. And I thought, who's going out? Is it me or the chair? <laughs> <laughs> so I brought in that rule, but, oh, man, Cathy's bending. Bend. She thinks, oh, what I'll do is I'll bring in a coat and I'll, I'll fold it up oh, and put it on yeah. a shelf. Yeah. It's yeah. still in the lounge. Oh, very much so. She's, uh, she's doing the old minimising clutter tactic without yeah, removing. Yeah, but if you fold a jacket, it's still a jacket. Yeah. That's what I think. You've got to have house rules, though, I feel. Oh, oh God, yeah. I, our house isn't quite a shoes-off house, but I do take my shoes off. We've got wooden claws, that's the thing. You mm. can People, guests, they can keep their shoes on if they want. I'd rather they didn't, but sometimes people wear holy socks and they get a bit self-conscious and mm. they want to keep Well, Dom Draper always wears holy socks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, I'd, I'd like to know. I'm going to make this a formal uh, texting. Uh, what, what are our listeners' house rules? Because some people have very, very strange ones. Have we told them the number to text in on, Frank? Remind them. Oh, well, I mean, you know, I'm an artist, not a mathematician. OK, I'm doing the housekeeping. 8 12 15. we'd like to know what you're Text in on 199. Love your out and about around London anecdotes, Frank. Think you should stand for London Mayor? Well, does Eddie Izzard is planning to do that in, uh, in oh, nine God. years' time. He's going to stand for Mayor. What, in those heels? <laughs> yes! <laughs> and, um... So I, I, I won't be doing that because um, I wouldn't want to step on Eddie's toes. What, in those heels? <laughs> yes. Um, also, I'm, I don't know, in our house, I've become very intimidated by uh, the fridge. Oh, dear. Um, I find, I've got one of these, uh, it's quite a nice fridge, and if you have the door ho- open for more than um, 30 seconds, mm. it goes like that. To tell you to Kate shut the Bush. door, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, and Kathy, Kath's completely blasé. She ignores the fridge, and I'm <laughs> on the other side of the lounge, going, fridge, <laughs> fridge. And because if you leave it, I'll do another. Oh, and the second one for me, that's the end of the world. Mm. Oh yeah. But honestly, it, 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 it's ruling me with a rod of iron. <laughs> I, what I'm doing before I open the fridge door, I'm, I'm really getting sorted in my head what I'm taking out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm taking it all out in one go. That door is never left ajar. I am. <laughs> I feel I'm being made to. Now, the end of that sentence <laughs> is this week's phone-in. I just couldn't think of anything. So, there I'm being victimised by my own fridge. I think I'm being made to... I'll leave it with you. Frank, we've had lots of texts in re-house rules. Fabulous. They've got a lot of house rules, these listeners, haven't they? Yeah. We've got um, a text in 602. In my house, shoes have to come off. I think it's rude not to. I'd never leave mine on at anyone else's. Also, people have to have a coaster if they have a drink. Also, I won't let my friends lay down on my sofa. <laughs> That's from <laughs> Reese. 
That's a great rule. Yeah. I like that. I wonder at what level they start to lean and recline <laughs> a bit that he's going, um, hold on, um, I think we're, we're in the territory now of laying. <laughs> if you're beyond an airline seat yeah. <laughs> back. I like, to th- I like to think there's a protractor on the armrest <laughs> that he can put against them. An alarm goes off. <laughs> and I wonder if that changes, like if they're overnight guests, are they allowed to lie on the couch or if it's just oh, visitors? I well, I mean, if, if it was a sofa bed, that would be a... That would yeah. be ludicrously yeah. strict. You can't <laughs> have that rule on a futon, can you? <laughs> no, I think he's he, he's got his. Uh, I'm saying it's a heat. For all, yeah, it's Reese. Reese. Oh, it's, I thought this yeah. was the oh, number. Reece. Some are just a number. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> they do come in just the number sometimes. Frank, your house is starting to sound a bit like bed knobs and broomsticks with all the anthropomorphised furniture. <laughs> Has Angela Lansbury been there magicking things up without with without your consent? Because that's not on. I think that's a reference to your. Uh, chair wearing all your clothes oh, wandering around <laughs> oh god what if you, if you if you saw my cushions i'll tell you about my cushions sometime they're just wearing a baseball cap and a scarf and some sunglasses aren't well, they? they are um they have their own identities but we shouldn't talk about this now let's mm. uh, you know oh okay uh frank 073 <laughs> cigarettes on the marble floor but never on the carpet oh it sounds see. like my childhood <laughs> It sounds like the court of Caligula. <laughs> um, I uh, does he mean? He doesn't mean put out. He means he or she. I think it's she. a party rule, possibly. Oh, yeah. So where you smoke? Yes, when you when you're having friends round, because people do do that. They have a few drinks. They but forget. it can damage marble. Oh yeah, it can damage marble. All right. Yeah, be careful. Mm. I like the fact that we're more worried about the smoking damaging the marble than the people. (laughs) Yeah, but, you know, the marble has no choice. (laughs) True enough, It's passive marble smoking. I mean, I know it's not essentially porous, Mm. but it'll take a burn. (laughs) There's another one I liked, 537. You can't eat in the lounge unless you're over 18. That is a great rule. (laughs) (laughs) Although I think it needs a caveat. I think it needs brackets and a responsible eater, close brackets. (laughs) That is... that is so formal. <laughs> That's like saying only two skill, school children in the lounge at any one time. <laughs> Another great rule. That's a great rule. <laughs> this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Ah, oh, how marvellous. That was um, Joy Division. Love will tear us apart. Nami Fulubachik. That's what I keep... <laughs> Frank, you know, we were talking about house rules earlier... We've had a text in... My gaff, my rules. <laughs> Wrong show, dear. <laughs> oh, good use of dear, camp <laughs> stage manager. Uh, my dad says he once went round a managing director's house and once you took your shoes off, you were expected to put on one pair of slippers from his collection. <laughs> in case you were wondering, he had plenty for each size. Well, that's nice, isn't Extraordinary. it? Extraordinary. <laughs> Just in Individual. case you're struggling to catch your own verrucas, you can go and use some shared <laughs> slippers. Did he live in a bowling alley? <laughs> Now We've that. also had a text from someone saying, my ex-wife used to clean the house all the way through every day, even though we were both at work from 7.30am until 7pm. We didn't have any animals, children. I had to move the furniture, including TV and fully loaded Welsh dresser, so she could hoover behind them every night, with question marks, might I add. Um, crazy. I wonder whatever happened to her. <laughs> That's less of a text about the house rules and more... A, a description of some despair there in that gentleman's life. I thought there was a, a, a hint that the police should maybe do some digging in his garden. That last bit was a bit ominous. I wonder what happened to her. Yeah, <laughs> cleaned really thoroughly. Exactly. <laughs> oh God. 
Uh, Frank, one of my favourite stories this week... And By the way, the texts are at 12.15. Oh, no. Sorry, sorry, Emily. It's all right, my darling. This isn't something I ever expected to say on this show, but one of my favourite stories of the week has been revolving around DLT. Mm. Are you familiar with his work? Is it meat flies? <laughs> I am familiar with his work, yes. I'm, I once, I think I told this story on the show, I once went to see him live. Well, I didn't go to see him live. I went oh, behind to a, a keyboard? I went to a kind of a disco, Oh. and he happened to be the, the discotheque. I found him hateful. <laughs> anyway, well, let's let's forget that. Let's him, start with a clean sheet. <laughs> you found him hateful, but Burmese pro-democracy leader Aung San Suu Kyi what? said he was a lifeline for her while she was under house arrest for 15 years. She listened to his, sh- his show every day, and she's now everyone... I mean, people are quite surprised to hear this. Yes. Uh, DLT, not so. He says he's touched but not surprised. <laughs> yes. I've always thought he might be touched. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> well, that's put me... That's the Burmese pro-democracy. Yeah, Aung San Suu Kyi. I don't know about you, that's really put me off democracy. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might move to something a bit more authoritarian, if that's the kind of people they're churning out. I don't know if it makes me shallow, but when uh, when you were saying that she was under house arrest, I was thinking, did she have her shoes off or on? <laughs> <laughs> I suppose if you're under house arrest, yeah, you're going you're gonna to work that out in a full time. Kick You'll get a heavy duty off. slipper. Kick shoes the shoes off. off. No yeah. cigarettes on marble floor, get though. Get the feet up on a stool or something. I, I imagine that DLT's core audience are people under house arrest. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't. I think people with the option of going out into and screaming in the garden would would take that. Oh, wow. I'm being hostile, but it, they, they did say <laughs> in the interview, "What do you think of uh, you know your mm. modern radio presenters?" And he said, "I plead the fifth. Yes. And then he said, "I plead the Fifth Amendment," thinking, <laughs> "Oh, the the interviewer might not have got what I meant by that." Yeah. Thinking he might have been pleading say the fifth column, which you know. Well, to be fair, when he was around, it was pre-access to so much American culture. Mm. So he doesn't mm. know we're familiar. We're very at ease talking about well, things I think American. The, I think law in America was still in its formative <laughs> years. Well, that's it, true. When he was yeah, I mean, he, he, it's just, he also said, he said we get... He was on about this show that doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> this is anymore. broken English, by any chance. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so we've got letters from people all over the world written in their wonderful broken English. DLT, you are a big-hearted man. You can't I say that, say. not anymore. No. Also, he said, um, I didn't know this, it said that, because I, I think I used to listen, he just listened to Radio 1, that was one I ever listened to. Mm. It said that his catchphrase was coming at you, spelled Y-I, obviously. Obviously. Coming yeah. at you through the cornflakes. Oh, is that why he became known as the hairy cornflake? No, I think it's because he, 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 he had terrible psoriasis. <laughs> He had a beard and no napkin. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a patch on the... <laughs> yeah, if he'd have gone for that. I think he did... He, what was that one he did? You scoop quack, quack. Mm. Yeah, quack, quack, quack. quack, quack oops, yeah. yeah, yeah. But it, it's really, I always thought she was a heroic figure. Um, Ong Song Suu Kyi. Yeah. Or as um, as DLT calls her, ASSY. <laughs> And uh, which actually doesn't work so good if you see it written down. <laughs> but um, but uh, I've really gone off her now. In fact, You've I've gone I, off her. I have. If you know, she's a DLT enthusiast. I think I think I'd be tempted to say, "Come on, back in, back, back in, you get back in that house, back in that house now, <laughs> and come out again when you've learnt some sense." 
you gotta you gotta be firm with these people it's, I've, I've never been so disillusioned only one thing can lift me out of this despair this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio Frank we've had a text in on 974 my house rules the not same not on 974 That's oh, gonna, no, no people will start texting <laughs> us on 974 I meant to say from 974 oh, I do no. apologise was it 281215 it not, was not 281215 <laughs> here's the text right pause 81215 close brackets <laughs> well, this is slick <laughs> 974 from 974 my house rules are the same as Catherine the Great's and include all ranks shall be left outside the doors, similarly hats and particularly swords, and eat well of good things, but drink with moderation. Mm. There you go. That's that's, a, that's the sort of thing you could have. Yeah. Maybe on a sampler. Our, um, our producer, Emma, embroiders. <laughs> and maybe you, ma- <laughs> maybe you could put that on one of your... Because, you know, how many blessed these houses do you need? <laughs> I think she's sold four in ten years. <laughs> I'm trying and failing to incorporate a rule of uh, no room-to-room shouting in my house. So. Now, uh, that is, is something that, even though we are quite open plan... Mm-hmm. Yes, um, you are. How often do I hear my girlfriend say, Don't talk to me when I'm in the kitchen! <laughs> Wait till I come back in there! And it's not actually a separate room, it's just like a tiny wall. <laughs> But in the kitchen, um, you know, there's, there's electric kettles, there's microwaves, there's things right. that... They're noisy. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, then there's the fridge going... <laughs> every now and again. Oh, here the you Kate over Bush the fridge. fridge. I yeah. love the Kate Bush well, fridge. Well, obviously, I'm going, fridge! <laughs> so Alan was telling me he was very excited, Frank, because he considers this job to be like a Saturday job. It's my first Saturday yeah. job for over 20 years. And uh, it's my first nickname in adulthood, <laughs> the cockerel. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure how I feel about adults that give themselves nicknames or that accept other people bestowing nicknames I think, upon them. I think accepting is all right. All right. It, it, oh, it well, I definitely think that's fine. Humbly accept. I think some people are born with nicknames, some achieve nicknames, and some people have <laughs> nicknames thrust upon them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I, uh, I even know the reference to that as well. <laughs> Good. Text in if you know. No, no, no. They're all now. They're a very bright crowd. I'm yeah. pleased by that. But yeah, I've, I feel like I've come a long way since I washed dishes in Bailey's Cafe in <laughs> Dewsbury for I think I was saying I think it was twenty pounds. But there's a bit of me that thinks it can't have been twenty pounds back then. It must have been a tenner. Well, when when was this? Would you this say this would be over twenty years ago? I'm so jealous that you're able to speak so freely about dates and times. I just can't do that. No, no, I could never say over 20 believe years me, if, ago. If you t- tell us about your Saturday job, I will Bang. not be saying when was that. <laughs> I give you my word. I'm I'll be saying, mm. How was the Crimea? <laughs> um, oh, but that's a good job, though, washing dishes. It's very hot. Mm. No wonder chefs are so angry if they started in kitchens in their teens and they're still there. Uh, in their 30s. No wonder they're angry because it's a hot environment. Mm. But we did, I did get braising steak and mashed potato for lunch and, and I think then I got excited of going, wow, I'll well, do anything for a I, free I'd lunch. F- <laughs> I'd forgotten that braising steak existed so that's, that's been a lovely walk down, um, <laughs> lovely. down memory lane and for me. And it's nice, you know. It's like I saw today that uh, one of the England cricketers got injured falling over a medicine ball and I thought, what, was he in a, was he in a 1930s <laughs> boxing gymnasium with people in roll neck sweaters? All of that stuff's coming back. The old school training methods are coming back. Kettlebells, med- uh, medicine balls, sandbags, it's all coming back. Oh, okay. Dinosaur oh, training is the new thing. 
Dinosaur training? Yes. Oh, I find them obstinate in the extreme. <laughs> Very difficult. Alan's in a fight club at weekends. That's what he does on Saturdays. I am not, God. but that sounds like a good idea. I've got a lot of pent-up anger. <laughs> did you ever work on Saturdays? Or did you have, like, a part-time job? I, you know, I, I never... I have never, ever had a Saturday job. Haven't you? I know there were stories about me and Frankie Sanford, but she was tying my shoelaces. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I, I, I never have. I, I don't know why that was exactly. But um, I feel bad about it. I think it was to do with football. Oh, is oh, that yeah, why? Yeah, yeah. Incidentally, Frankie Sanford from the Saturdays. Mm. I was in a sitcom in the... Um, what about 1990 called Blue Heaven, right? Yeah. My character name was Frank Sanford. No. And I'm wondering if uh, if there's a connection. <laughs> if she's, you know, if there's a, you know, she's a fan of Blue Heaven. Yeah. In the um, in the second sitcom I wrote, I was called uh, Brady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> I'm starting to think that these women are onto me. There's <laughs> a definite pattern. You did you have? Uh, I did. I worked in an antique shop, which was a front for the firm. The firm? Well, they were gangsters. They were essentially gangsters. I didn't know at the time. I found out later. Everyone's gone very silent, like it's weird <laughs> or something. Quite, that's quite a big... Uh, an antique shop Well, I was suspicious, because they never sold anything, and they used to meet in the back room. This is honestly true. And they used to say... There was a guy called Ginger. There was someone called Ginger. Really? Uh-huh. And they used to kind of talk all the time, and they'd say... Yeah, it was anyone asked my mum, and I said, they never sell anything, and they're really nice, but they just kind of smoke in this little back room. What a strange front, though, for gangsters. Yeah, Did They used really to buy old up banks with muskets. <laughs> 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 and my mum said, oh, darling, they're gangsters. Oh, dear. As if I should have known. That is... Uh... Did they it pay? Was brilliant. Did they pay all right? They did say, They did pay very well cash. Natch. Oh, well, obviously, yeah. <laughs> Natch. Yeah, Natch. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd, I'd love And to... they always said they'd look after me. They did honestly say that. Did they? Mm. Nice. So just putting that out there. No, that's uh, yeah. <laughs> just, to ca- just trying to stop those nasty texts coming in. <laughs> My mate had a job in a uh, donut factory, putting the jam in donuts, and they oh. got quite expert at knowing how much they could fill a donut with jam before it exploded, and then sending it out looking like a normal donut, and knowing <laughs> that someone would bite into it and jam would just go everywhere. That was- <laughs> I've always remembered that story when he told me. I thought that's a fun job. I'd do that on minimum wage just for the putting jam in donuts fun. <laughs> I did a happy. similar thing. I used to work in a hamster blood transfusion unit. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, I, I'd love to know. I'd love to know what Saturday jobs the listeners had. I'm not saying that they'll tell us, but I'd love to know anyway. Mm. And they can text us on eight twelve fifteen um, with that information. <laughs> 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 oh, I love it when it all works out. <laughs> Kids, MGMT. <laughs> now, it's interesting because when I used to be around the uh, Hollywood studios, I always found that the MGMT was probably the worst. The T at Universal. You, you could say exactly where you wanted it, little bit builders. It was sorted. MGM, you, you know, you got what you got. <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be immortalising it in a band name, let's put it that way. <laughs> Found we've had lots of Saturday jobs. Oh, they're coming in thick and fast yeah. now. The Saturday jobs. I uh, I particularly like. Uh, let's just see. I used to sweep the forecourt of the garage at the end of the lane when I was. Oh, still. Hang on. 
There we go. When I was about 14, it took about half an hour and the owner gave me one pound. He fired me when he caught me stealing pornography. (laughs) Now, two wrongs do not make a right. Now, that is right. That is right. I mean, you might think that that you are the the Robin Hood (laughs) of the dirty book, but let me assure you. Hi, Frank. When I was 11, I worked in a butcher's shop. Was that a text or was suddenly completely the most unlikely Emily Dean story of all time? My brother worked in a butcher's shop and a popular prank there was to put a pig's tail in a cup of tea that somebody was drinking, which (gasps) is horrible. What, they'd mistake it for... They should have gone for a cocktail, they would have thought it was a curly straw. (laughs) You'd be sucking the end of that tail for five minutes. I'm not sure how many mojitos they were drinking in in a Murfield butcher's shop. Can I have a a port mojito? (laughs) Please. Well, this straw. <laughs> it's, oh, it's like, it's like I, I think there's some sort of cartilage. <laughs> Frank, I'm thinking uh, pointy end, by the way. Let's keep, yeah, this, oh, pointy, let's keep definitely. this clean. Frank Graham says, my Saturday job was in a card factory operating the shrink wrap machine. I used to get other people's shoes and handbags and put them through it. Harmless fun. Happy days. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Harmless lovely. fun will be the judge of that. You <laughs> exactly. put my Chloe through there. Pardon? Goodness. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah, sorry, well, I, exactly I, thought that was, I thought that was your niece. Now, Frank, it can't have escaped your notice. It's um, There's a festival going on this weekend, apparently. Yes, there is, um, I believe. Uh, well, actually... Well, Absolute aren't sponsoring it, though. No, then, then it, as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist. <laughs> what are Absolute doing? They've well, the only, the only festivals that I really like are all sponsored by Absolute. <laughs> they, they do ones called mean, Hard Rock or Isle of White, Hard Rock Calling. Hard Rock Calling. Easter, I think they do. (laughs) (laughs) They do Easter. They bring bring a lovely absolute Easter egg with the purple, you know, the absolute purple. They have the the purple wrapping, and then when you break the egg open for the little children, there's there's an advert inside it. With a lubichick head. The problem with sponsoring Easter commercially is that it moves around each year. There's no fixed point. (laughs) (laughs) Because if you did did lubichick, you wouldn't need the egg casing. No, so true. But, Frank, I know... Where do you two stand on on festivals? Because I know where I stand. Sorry, did I trample on your peripatetic Easter point? No, no. Okay, okay. Sorry. Uh, where do you two stand on festivals? Alan, I haven't established this. I think I'm fairly confident... Right at the where... back, generally. <laughs> yeah. Not the Winnebago. I don't like the mosher. I'm too old Alan, for a mosh pit. I, I've never been to what I believe the youth call Glastow. I, uh, in fact, it annoys me when they call it Glastow now. Yeah. But um, I, I, I mean, I would have gone perhaps when I was younger, but I haven't now. And now I've gone too far past that point. You're with child as yeah. well. Yeah. And also, is I'm, I'm pregnant for listeners. <laughs> I thought he just misbuttoned his cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> Had a few too many rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think we've sort of gone past that now. I don't think I could do it. And you, my wife, you're dressing Frank and I. My wife has been <laughs> several times to Glastonbury and told me a, a quite unpleasant story about the toilets being supposedly sucked into some lorry and then pressing blow instead of suck and just... Oh, the chaos that oh. ensued. Ooh. Yeah. I mean, I'm quite a... I'm quite a shy toileter. I don't think I could do that. <laughs> yes. Are you a shy toileter? I don't like an audience. I don't like people to... We don't get... I mean, there is an audience, but they're generally watching the bands. <laughs> oh, I see. I've entirely You've misunderstood this. You've got completely up. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm a very... I think of myself as a very open toileter. Mm. <laughs> but um, I, I went once to Glastonbury, and I was with a guy called Chris Luby. 
who was uh, who was a performer. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, Did he, yeah he, paid, he paid me at the end with a Chris Lubitschek. <laughs> <laughs> I might clap. So he slept uh, in my uh, tent, and his his thing is used to the military uh, sound oh, effects. Oh, I would with him. Oh well, do you know him? Yeah, I so did a little clap. So he'd say, "Oh, and uh, and yes, and I saw the uh, here come the uh, British grenadier cut." <laughs> And it sounded brilliant. Amazing. So we got him in the tent, three o'clock in the morning, he starts going... <laughs> I said, Chris, is that you, or is there a coup d'etat? <laughs> <laughs> and he couldn't stop. We'd get in the car, and he'd say, right, chocks away. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, please, please. So that put me off. And then the next morning, I was woken up by... This is very Glastonbury. I was woken up by white people playing Bob Marley very loudly. <laughs> when I looked at the ten flat, one of them was juggling. I said, let's go home. <laughs> yeah, it's the tent aspect. It's not just that aspect. It's every aspect of it, really, that doesn't appeal to me. But as I say, Hard Rock Calling, which is sponsored by Absolute, which is on this weekend, is mm. as good a time as one could possibly have. I mean, three hours of Bon Jovi. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know if you've ever had mouth ulcers. <laughs> But that well sorted out. Frank on radio. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. Frank, we've had some emails in during the week. Do you remember we did an impromptu text in last week about sort of left-wing communist business names? Yes. It, yeah? Yes. It, it all come from, I saw, uh, there's a left-wing bookshop um, in Bloomsbury in London uh, called Bookmarks, and only this week did I realise it was a pun on Marx, as in Karl Marx. And, uh, and people loved that. Mm. And didn't they contribute? Oh, God, it was, it was, <laughs> fab, it was one of our, it was one of our best ever. Uh, yeah, to the point where they're still sending them in. Someone in the middle of the week sent in uh, the uh, the the uh, Eastern Blockbuster, a drapery pressing service. For Iron no, hold on, Eastern Blockbuster. That's the that's the video shop. Yeah, isn't that's it? the video that's shop. Great. Then his other idea, yeah, is uh, Iron Curtains, drapery pressing service. <laughs> That's from Martin. I had, uh, I had one, it was... Um, I've been thinking about it, I can't get it out of my mind. This is one, it's not quite left-wing, it's more sort of... Uh, I don't know what it is. It's, it's an Iraqi baby products shop. Mm. It's called The Mother of All Care. <laughs> you think? I, I quite like it. it. You don't get it? I don't get it. <laughs> it was like, uh, oh, well. Oh, Mother Care. There we go. Oh, yeah. thanks very much. <laughs> oh, you didn't get that part of it. And then there was a sort of variation. I was watching the news this week when there was the riots in Greece, and they interviewed this bloke, very rough-looking, sort of hairy bloke, um, a Greek bloke, going on oh. about... Um, you Peter know, Andre. ..about the government. <laughs> oh, he was much hairier than that. And uh, I made myself laugh alone at home by saying, oh, should have gone to neck shavers. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> Very good, Frank. Um, can I read you the other email? Oh, was, please do. Uh, the best name... For, this is from Connor Nolan. The best name for a left-wing rugby supply store, Triangles. I was so happy when I came up with this that I felt I had to share it with you. I did this instead of revised for my A-levels. Well, I... Uh, Do you not get it? I don't get Frank, it. Rugby try angle. So it's try a rugby try. So it's triangles, triangles. It right. works on three levels, Frank. But is there something called triangles? No, but it's a rugby supply store. And it's called triangles. Uh, I'm going to have to count it. This is so boring. While I try and explain this to you. Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, my advice is get on with your A levels. <laughs> <laughs> 
只是。Frank Skinner。James, sit down. <laughs> That's the sort of Joyce Grenfell school of this jockey. <laughs> uh, we've had a, a, I think, an amusing text in. Oh, God, um, I mean, let, yeah. let the listeners decide. Set the bar high there. <laughs> Off are. to see Bon Jovi tonight, as my friend is a big fan. Feels more like a Saturday job to me. I'm pleased by that. Good on you. Although slippery when wet, you can't argue with. It's my, it was my first Lubitschik. That's what I've always <laughs> said. Slippery when wet was the first <laughs> album I liked all the way through. Is that right? Yeah. Oh. yeah. Congratulations can't... on getting all the way through. <laughs> yeah, there's very few albums I like all the way through. Well, there must be some fall ones, all of those. Well, the fall do the fall are often a mix of brilliance and then, oh, I don't That's know. What, thing, I don't know why it? that one's there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he always puts a couple of fillers on when you have that effect. level of output. Well, exactly. Yeah. Christian from Sheffield, Latin American Marxist barber shop, shave Guevara. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> now, Frank, you know I've been a little obsessed by the people weekend. in Sheffield. There's got to be a blade involved somewhere in their uh, in their. <laughs> oh, jokes. very good. I get that, Frank. <laughs> I get that. Good. Um, I've been quite obsessed by Michelle Collins this week. Oh yeah. I tell you why. She's pitched up on Coronation Street. Um, yes, um, I, 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 I watched but the I don't, you see, I she that. was EastEnders, and I don't like. Um, Soap shifters, as I call them. <laughs> Don't like soap shifters. Okay. Stick to your soap, is what I say. But also, she's a well-known, a well-known Cockney, mm. and now she's doing a Manchester accent, and it hasn't hasn't gone well for her. She's got the thing, though. I can see why she gets a lot of work in that because she's she looks very washed out, <laughs> and uh, those those are the people they want in the soaps. Mm-hmm. I think I think people think that's the that's what I call acting. You don't want the you know. Johnny Depp likes a very good-looking bloke, and I think he's a yeah. brilliant actor. Mm. But he'll never be taken seriously looking like that. But if you're a bit, if you look like you've been through the mill, yeah, that's yeah. what gets the awards. Good honour. Hard worn. Mm. Good honour. I say. It's like when they try and make Brad, Brad Pitt look ugly. He just grows a beard and looks like a really good-looking man with a beard. Doesn't <laughs> he? he never <laughs> really I, looks. I find that I judge it like if I see a drama advertised on the telly, you know, it, if it's got ugly people in it, I think I'm watching. This is going to be good stuff. If if they look a bit, you know, well dressed, I go no. <laughs> anyway, but no, lots. It didn't. Freddie Flintoff even said her accent was bad. Did he? I've heard the accent. Have you is heard he, it? Is he doing a TV critic <laughs> column? <laughs> Victor Lewis Smith. Um, no, I've heard the accent. It's not great. It's a bit. It's a bit sort of rather Mancunian. But it's quite a hard mm. accent. You see that one? Well, I can only say sunshine. That's the only word I can say in Mancunian. Sunshine. Yeah. You know, for a moment there, I thought Liam Gallagher <laughs> coming. <laughs> oh, why does she have to have a Manchester accent? Is the suggestion that everyone in Manchester is from Manchester? Well, exactly. She could just be up there for the football. Yeah. yeah. Or, or the excellent lifestyle that, that it affords. I live in Manchester. It's yeah. nice. And not well, everyone's from there. I'm, I'm not. not. Exactly. You could have, but you can have Londoners there. Why? I don't know why she has to do the accent. But you're it from seems... near there, aren't you, Alan? Which soap are you, Emmerdale? If you had to be a soap, <laughs> like no, but I think you can do that with people. Like I'd be Stenders. Would you be Emmerdale? I think you probably would be. Probably in in, ge- in geography. Yeah. Yes. I would have grown up nearest to Emmerdale, or perhaps Heartbeat. I, oh. I think you're more like the mini-series of Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. <laughs> right, that's not one that I'm aware of. OK, well, look, it's a, it's, I think it's the first novel I ever read. Oh, there you go. Look it up, Alan Sillitoe. Mm. Oh, I love Alan Sillitoe. 
But you don't know Saturday night and Sunday know. morning. No, know you don't have to read novels by people with the same name as you. Anyway, look, this is starting to sound like Richard and Judy's book club. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep it a bit absolute radio, otherwise, you know. Goodness, that, I don't think I'm not worried enough by the for sale signs outside the studios. <laughs> Without you pushing it to the limit. <laughs> ben Jones has arrived, by the way. Ben Jones, who I met in a health shop. Did you? Uh, on Thursday night. Buying, you know, Ben Jones has been doing his bodybuilding thing. Oh, well, I was in there. Um, I was getting. Um, they do a very unusual smoothie with dates involved, mm. and I was getting one of them. Ben now li- lives like a like a wild cat. He, he's, he, he bought pineapple and coconut <laughs> as a drink. Or no, no or just, just as, that's his meal. You know, he's he's gone. I, t- I mentioned What's last week. He's on, on bongo. He's the healthiest man, absolute by a very long country mile. I'll tell you that. He's, his body's not a temple anymore. It's a cathedral. <laughs> By a long country mile. <laughs> I heard someone on the train the other day saying, oh, I owe you a big pint the next time I see you. <laughs> I'm thinking, well, that's surely a pint. A pint is a pint. Oh, I like the idea of a big pint, though. It's, 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 it's like a pint delivered with bountiful attitudes. Yeah. A long country mile. <laughs> yes. I'm, I've gone off the old accent uh, topic altogether because I read the other way. They were talking about the Midlands accent getting oh, yeah. more popular. And this, this is what it said in the paper. It said the Midlands accent as used by Adrian Childs and Kat Dealey. <gasps> and I thought, if I'm not featuring in a list of celebrities who oh, use the fine. West Midlands accent, then truly... <laughs> my The finger of my clock is moving towards midnight. Oh, <laughs> Let's face it. I mean, God, they could have gone just for the third. They could have gone the extra long country mile. <laughs> I was absolutely oh, heartbroken. Would be too strong a word. But I, I won't do. Happy. Is this the time? Well, I'm trying to do accent. You see, I, I can sort. I'm working on an impression of you, Alan. Oh, okay. Well, this should oh, be interesting. It, I think we should save that for the podcast. Shall we? Okay. <laughs> yeah, blood could be spilt. <laughs> but here's a little task for you all the weekend: try and do an accent that's completely original. Just try and say something right. in an accent that doesn't exist, a new accent. I tried it. I dislocated my jaw. I was in hospital for a month. It's, in, it's impossible to do. You always do an accent. Just try it. Anyway, we can't sit here talking. Well, that's our job. Yes, but it's Ben Jones' turn. Oh, sorry, I forgot. Um, not the weekend podcast. Um, probably featuring uh, Emily's impression of uh, the cockerel. Uh, actually, it's, it's not... You won't just be able to go... It's going to have to be actual bit of... Uh, talking. Mate. Yeah. Uh, that's available to, for download from Wednesday on the Absolute um, website and iTunes and, God, who knows what I've gone into areas I don't even know the answers to. Uh, ben Jones is next. Um, it's always lovely uh, doing this job and thank you for listening. And um, as the uh, the computer bloke says on Tron, end of line. This, this is Frank Skinner. This. Absolute. Radio.